Welcome back for another episode of Moments in Weed, our companion series to great moments in weed history in which we cover current events. Isn't that right, Bean? They are happening as we speak. Coast to coast to coast to coast, all around the world, you know, and even occasionally in the ocean, very, very deep. And, you know, we are tracking a story about weed growing on Mars. We are not ready to report that one yet. We are seeking a second source, but there is no planetary limit to the news that we are going to cover. Yeah, absolutely. It would actually be very welcome news if the life they find on Mars uh, is weed. You know what I'm saying? A lot better than pretty much any other alternative, I'm pretty sure, whether that's microbes or like, you know, giant slugs that want to eat us. Uh, You know, like I said, we are still working on this reporting in a more terrestrial. This hasn't gone off the rails at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, we haven't done one in a while. Thought it would be a disaster. But here we are uh, just belting out, uh, you know, infinitely memorable broadcasting quips (laughs) quips <laughs> I, I am also gonna uh uh, uh remind you that the, the patreon viewers can see this and you <laughs> your current posture is a leaves just <laughs> a little bit to the imagination my friend <laughs> i swear i'm wearing shorts <laughs> our guest today is jeffrey tubin now here you know what i'm gonna explain this to our patreon viewers and everyone else can just uh, you know imagine jeffrey i'm, pull, I'm about to pull a tubin I don't know if anyone has noticed, but my audio is often echoey. Bean has had his audio dialed in for a long time, but I've been living in the, you know, Stone Age. My office has like, you know, it's kind of like cavernous and echoey, you know? So I'm recording in the den, and the only seating in the den is this couch, right? Uh, Also, you know, it's hot out in LA. Uh, So that, all that to explain the, this, you know, intermittently appearing leg. It's because of the couch, it's the posture, it's the shorts, it's everything, all right? Or it's an elaborate lie to hide that I'm Donald ducking it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. And if you want to see this level of physical and audio comedy all come together completely live and you live in the Portland area, we do want to take a moment to invite you to our upcoming live show, September 10th at 4.20 p.m. at the Helium Comedy Club in Portland, Oregon. Please, if you enjoy this podcast, come out, check it out, tell your friends who live in the Portland, Oregon area. If you live in Portland, Maine, it's frankly a pretty long way to go, but tickets are are still available to you. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be really fun. So Bean and I have done a handful of live shows a couple at the Savage Henry Comedy Festival up in Humboldt County. We rebroadcast one of those Crash Buds uh, just recently. We did one at Green Street in Los Angeles. We did one at the Brooklyn Podcast Festival right before the pandemic. And this is the first time we're going to be bringing our live show to Portland, Oregon, truly one of the weediest cities on earth. So we're super excited. Bean and I have shot Bong Appetit up in Portland. Uh, we've always had a really good time when we've been there. It'll be great to be back. September 10th, come through. It's a Saturday. It'll be 4.20 p.m. We'll all get high as shit together 
and then we will enlighten you with a historical tale. And, of course, huge thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You can go to greatmomentsandweedhistory.com to find out what that's all about. You could put five on it. You could put a little more on it and get a signed copy of my book, How to Smoke Pot Properly. We really, truly appreciate everyone who helps us out, and we would love for you to join the growing ranks of the GMIWH family. Bean, what do you got going on for us today? Oh, well, first of all, you know, I think we got to have a little smoke to, to get into things. And oh. uh, for again, for our Patreon supporters can see this. Check this out, dude. This is a real seashell right oh, off the sick. beach from Costa Rica. I was doing a little like uh, spring cleaning in the summer and came across this. You break the end off. You pack it full of, in this case, some of that lovely, lovely cannabis that our uh, friend of the podcast, Kyle Cushman, gifted us at our last live show. And uh, check this out, dude. It makes a sweet little pipe. And then you show me what you got. There we go, everybody. (laughs) So what I'm going to be doing, and actually this is a first for the show. I'm going to heat and take a dab while we're doing this episode. All right, you're going to hear a torch sound, and then I'll mute myself. Uh, Bean, as you get us into the story, I'm going to be heating up my dab nail. Today, we're going to talk about actually a really big issue, something we touched on back at the beginning of the year with Representative Earl Blumenauer, one of the most cannabis-forward representatives in the federal government. What is going on? Are we going to see federal legalization? And this week, there's actually some concrete steps forward. So it seems like a really good time to update people on that progress. And also, in the Senate this week, we're going to hear testimony from two people with a very direct connection to great moments in weed history. One, a huge friend of the podcast and somebody we find very inspiring and the other in our human paraquat piece of shit category. So uh, there's a lot to unpack at the federal level right now. Federal legalization, of course, is kind of the holy grail of the cannabis activism movement, right? Not just decriminalizing it state to state or creating medical workarounds. So this is not only huge for cannabis people, this is also huge for the entire left wing of the bicameral system, right? Because this is largely seen as the most visible new legislation, new point of view manifesting as law, uh, you know, that the American people really rally behind regardless of party, right? It's good politics. And of course, it's good policy. Just to get us up to speed of where we are right now, I'm going to read from a USA Today editorial in favor of this bill that is in the Senate. This is, you know, one of the more conservative newspapers uh, when it comes to the drug war. So here's how they're summing up what's happening right now. All right. I, I'm eagerly listening as I fire up my blowtorch. Very appropriate. Get that one last federally illegal dab in while we, while we know we can. Uh, because right now, Senator Cory Booker, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and uh, Senator Ron Wyden have just reintroduced a bill to decriminalize cannabis at the federal level, and this would remove it from the scheduling of federal drugs at all. So this isn't moving from Schedule 1 down to 2 or 3. This is taking it out of the Controlled Substances Act. 
Wow, that's absolutely crazy. Cannabis has been on Schedule 1 for the entire existence of the Controlled Substances Act, which is absolutely crazy because that says it's more dangerous and has less medical applications than a lot of very dangerous pharmaceutical drugs, right? It says it's more dangerous than getting kicked in the face. (laughs) Yeah, getting kicked in the face is Schedule 3. (laughs) (laughs) And so this in the Senate is a revised version of the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act. It is sort of happening in parallel to a bill that already passed in the House, which is the uh, Moore Act. Eventually, they'd have to both be reconciled, but we're pretty far from that. We're still moving this bill through the Senate. On the downside, there is a 25% tax on weed sales in this bill. And um, Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when... Okay, so this is so insane to me as I take my, my dab of, uh, of hash rosin right here, uh, which is just going to be so delicious. You hear that sizzle? The one takeaway from Prop 64 in California, right, the largest uh, regulated cannabis market in the entire world, is that the 25% sales tax is too much for people who already know how to get black market access to something. They already have options. We're weed people. You've been forcing us to do this in the shadows for decades. We know how to do it. We're not going to pay you 25% more for the pleasure of doing it in one of your fucking stores. You know what I mean? And and this is like very, very simple reasoning that they cannot seem to sort out. 25%. $80 eights worldwide. I think that's the last place anybody's paying their taxes is at the dispensary. Because certainly if you're wealthy uh, or a big corporation, you don't seem to have to pay any taxes. On the good side, there is a lot dealing with restorative justice programs to help communities that have been the most... Uh, damaged by the war on cannabis and to help people enter the industry. There's grants and there's also a big program to expunge the record of people who have been arrested in the past. So that's probably the most important aspect of this, right, is expungement, because that's the real crime here is that in a country where many, many people are profiting off of legal cannabis. There are now people who are cannabis criminals who are in jail. There's people who are receiving new charges for distributing cannabis without one of the state-issued licenses, right? So it's the, the drug war is back. Absolutely, and I think the taxes can come down over time, but if there's not this basis for restorative justice in the bill when it passes... That's never going to happen later. Uh, But we have a long tradition in this country of businesses lobbying to lower their tax burden. And I wouldn't expect that weed will be uh, any different. For, For right now, we have this Senate Judiciary Subcommittee meeting to discuss cannabis reform. What time is it? Let me make sure it's on my calendar. (laughs) 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 What time do we have to be there uh, at, at this meeting? Oh, Chuck's gonna be there. <laughs> yeah, Chuck's Chuck's uh, uh, car. We're carpooling with him. He's gonna come pick us up. <laughs> so he said, "Don't smoke in the car," and I said, "No, we're yeah. gonna." You're driving. Why can't we smoke weed in the car? I mean, he's, he's coming pretty far out of the way to get us, so we'll work it out. <laughs> All right. So a little bit more on this here. 
The U.S. Senate's Judiciary Subcommittee on Criminal Justice and Counterterrorism, a really wild bunch of partiers, if <laughs> held a hearing on cannabis reform, and the witness included former federal cannabis prisoner Weldon Angelos. Yo, shout out, former guest and friend of the podcast, and anti-marijuana zealot Alex Berenson, who is a total fucking dickhead. Seriously, you just gotta search for this guy on YouTube. Hear him say like one sentence and you will know exactly what we're talking about. Oh, I, I'm in my 40s. People my age or older have a vision of this drug as, oh, you know what? Like it's a little spliff that gets passed around at parties or, you know, maybe there's a bong that I smoked once in college at a, at a party or something like that. That's not what this is now. This is something that this 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 relatively small group, although it's millions and millions of people um, are waking up and using day after day after day. And they are going, I mean, they're going through life basically high on, you know, on, on THC uh, for, for, in some cases, essentially their whole lives. This guy wrote a fucking book that tried to bring back reefer madness. Isn't that right, Bean? Yeah, you were talking about how cannabis prohibition and these raids are back. Well, the propaganda campaign against cannabis has really been heating up lately. We're seeing editorials in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, all over Fox News, trying to build this case that cannabis leads to violent crime, that cannabis is creating some epidemic of schizophrenia. None of the evidence shockingly supports this at all. It is a hundred year plus tradition of lying about this plant. So not surprisingly, you know, he is the invited guest of the Republicans to uh, speak before the Senate and spout these debunked lies. And on the Democratic side, among the experts that they have brought in is friend of the podcast, as you say, Weldon Angelos, who I think has a very, very compelling story to tell these senators and, and can hopefully educate them uh, and counter some of this propaganda. Yeah, absolutely. Weldon is like the ideal ambassador for the cannabis justice cause in a lot of ways, not only because of his personal experience, but because... He is an incredibly talented artist in an art form, hip hop, that at the time he went to jail was widely considered by the mainstream to be like deviant or criminal in some way. And now hip hop pervades every single corner of our culture. Weldon specifically is like, oh, here's this person who is, you know, truly an artist in the context of our time and truly not a criminal in the context of our time. And yet, like, you know, he was treated like a criminal he was treated like somebody who was part of a deviant subculture right go back and listen to our episode with weldon angelos i mean the guy's story is absolutely incredible he's been through so much and he is just out there fighting for justice he's not content with just having liberated himself right he is out there on the front lines every day and i mean what fronter line is there than this right here what an incredible opportunity I'm just really stoked. Honestly, that gives me a lot of faith, uh, a lot more faith in the Democratic Party regarding being pro-cannabis, right, than I had before. I, I love that, man. That's really fantastic. Yeah, and just to catch people up to speed a little bit, and, and please do go back and listen to our interview with Weldon, but his story is that in 2004, he was sentenced to 55 years in prison for selling $900 worth of weed and yes, you heard that right. 
um, really, and he speaks about this, he was targeted because he was bringing, as a producer, some of the earliest hip-hop shows to Salt Lake City, Utah, and the reaction of the police was to begin targeting him for arrest. Yeah, man, absolutely crazy, harrowing, heartbreaking story. He spent a long time in prison. He was in prison for over a decade, right, Bean? Yes, his his sentence was commuted in 2016, largely because of the political work that he was doing while incarcerated. He started something called the Weldon Project. He started working with a really bipartisan group of politicians. He was able to convince uh, the Obama administration to commute his sentence. He was later given a full pardon. But even once he was released, as you say, that was far from good enough for him or far from his ultimate goal. He is now advocating full time for the release of all cannabis prisoners up to and including his testimony this week before the Senate. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely epic. Great guy. Super solid guy. Now, on to the other guy, Alex Berenson. All right, so it's been said that there's nothing more dangerous than someone who's only read one book. And for the modern anti-cannabis wrecking crew, that book is very clearly Tell Your Children the Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness, and Violence by the former New York Times reporter Alex Berenson. New York Times, get it together, man. (laughs) You guys... Why the fuck would you employ this guy? Come get your boy. Now, he, has, <laughs> he hasn't worked there Whose for a while. This? <laughs> and he's got some kind of uh, spy thrillers that he's written. But if you're thinking to yourself, well, he must be an expert in plant medicine or criminal justice or have a background in science or medicine. He does not. Mm-mm. Nope. He is just a fucking numbnuts reporter who probably really, really needs to do ayahuasca. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay, cannabis was prohibited for study through our greatest period of scientific discovery. That's why we're suddenly learning all this shit now about cannabinoids. Oh my God, they treat uh, seizures. And then you look back in like ancient Chinese pharmacopoeia and they're like, cannabis treats seizures, right? That should really tell you about how buried all this information was and really gets to the heart of why we do this show at all. Imagine that, you know, you discover something like like evolution or like, you know, like the fact that the the universe is expanding or something. Right. There will always be a backlash of a bunch of people who cannot handle change. They cannot handle the dogma that they grew up with suddenly being lifted away and taken away from them that they shit in their pants. Right. And start freaking out and being like, no, 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 there's no way. This is the guy. This is the guy who said, nope, the earth is flat. I don't care what you're saying. Nope, the earth is at the center of the universe. I don't give a shit what you're saying. We didn't descend from apes. I can't fucking handle it. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, we're there, Berenson. We're there, man. Cannabis is now studied. We know these things. Like, what's the matter with you, truly? And to our small percentage of flat earther listeners, you know, we're, we're, we're not knocking your lifestyle. We do disagree with your view of the uh, dimensions yeah. of the earth. But but you are less dangerous than <laughs> Alex Berenson. Oh, by, by a million miles. And, and, and I think one more point that we can't miss is there's a buck to be made being a huckster. And there always has been and there always will be. And so we have seen in our weed media lifetime how unwilling 
politicians particularly have suddenly gotten to talk shit about weed because they know it's a losing issue for them. They have to run and get votes. All this guy has to do is sell books. So it doesn't matter to him how wrong he looks to us and people who know the facts. He just has to fool enough of the people enough of the time to sell enough books to pay for his lifestyle. And so when this book came out in 2019, he was all over the the media telling his bullshit stories until there came a backlash because people who actually know about cannabis started to weigh in. This culminated in a letter, and we'll put this in the show notes, signed by a 100 scholars and clinicians that labeled his book a polemic based on a deeply inaccurate misreading of science. So we don't need to debate his bullshit arguments here on this podcast where everybody already agrees with us. And if you have any doubts about it, This letter goes through in detail and debunks all of it. The reason that he was invited to the Senate to offer testimony is not because he's an expert and not because he's knowledgeable, but literally because he's willing to get up and tell these bald-faced lies and not care that he is misleading people and not care that he is advocating for a return to this terrible prohibition as long as he gets attention and by extension, book sales and money. So anyway, our listeners might remember that our very own David Beanenstock, eponymously known as Bean in this universe right here, was on the most fucking conservative talk show of all the world there to defend cannabis against not only Alex Berenson, but also Tucker motherfucking Carlson. (laughs) We were able in this way to get Tucker Carlson to say the name of this podcast. Well, every election cycle, you probably noticed, more states legalize marijuana. It could soon be legal nationwide, likely will be. But with drug abuse of all kinds soaring and American youth falling apart, is legalization a good idea? And what exactly do we know about marijuana? David Bienenstock is the author of How to Smoke Pot Properly and co-host of the podcast Great Moments in Weed History. (laughs) David, thank you very much for coming on. I was invited on this illustrious program of of nonsense and fascism uh, because when Alex Berenson's book came out, I was among many people who wrote debunking articles for some reason. Uh, The producer of the Tucker Carlson program chose to reach out to me to come on and and offer some counter arguments. Uh, I did this remotely. So uh, if you can imagine a nightmare scenario in which you have a thing implanted in your ear and within that implant is the sound of Tucker Carlson's voice literally inside your own mind. Uh, and, you know, I would, I'd just like to say, you know, I, 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 I hope I, I did, I certainly tried my hardest, uh, to represent our side of the universe well. You did it, Bean. Every sane person saw who the reasonable person was in that situation. And I think that there's like an obvious scorn in this clip, you know, an unspoken scorn that he has because he thinks or perhaps knows that you're high during this interview. (laughs) So why should we legalize something that we know 
causes schizophrenia. The first thing we need to understand is cannabis is objectively safer than many substances that are legal. Alcohol, tobacco, right. many pharmaceutical drugs. To get to your point about wait, wait, the book... Wait, wait, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. Had, can, we, can, we, can we pause for a second? How do we know that it's safer than than alcohol and tobacco, since I don't really think we know very much about it. I mean, most drugs that we've been studying okay, well, nicotine a, for hundreds of years and alcohol for thousands, we don't really know that much about them. So how do, why do we say we know that when we don't really know that? Um, we can compare the number of people who die from each substance every year, hundreds of thousands of people from alcohol and tobacco and zero people from cannabis. So you know, really? just as a shorthand. Well, no, that's not, that's not actually true. There has never been a true. death attributed to cannabis. And almost nothing about marijuana tell you has what been I... proven. So why are you acting like we know when we don't? This is what's proven to be harmful, mm -hmm. uh, Tucker. Arresting 600,000 Americans every year for making the choice to use a substance that's objectively safer than alcohol. And doing it in a way that targets the poor and minorities disproportionately is devastating to those communities. But you're making it a parallel. But I'm not arguing. In, but you're missing. I'm, I'm not arguing in favor of that. You're making a parallel argument. And so you don't want to arrest anybody I, for. You don't evading, want to arrest evading, anybody look, for cannabis. He's the heir to the Swanson frozen food fortune. Just if I'm blowing anybody's conception that he's sort of the working class uh, <laughs> type of guy with his bow tie and his. Uh, he's like if prep school came to life as yeah. a person. <laughs> he really is. That face, dude, the most punchable face in television broadcasting. Ugh. Ugh. So, you know, you're in there, and of course, it's his show, and he's cutting you off a million times, and as fast as you're sort of trying to counter his nonsense, he's coming up with new nonsense, and, and it's, you know, what he's good at. And if it causes schizophrenia, it should scare the hell out of us, but it doesn't seem to bother you because, I don't know, what, you're taking money from them or something? Why doesn't that bother you? Tucker, you know, you're the one on here repeating old lies, old distortions, debunked claims. The author of the book that you had on last week, everything he said has been completely debunked. I don't know if you really? read my article on Leafly. I assume that's why you had me on. No. But many of the people in the studies that he cited have gone on Twitter to say you grossly misrepresented our findings. Okay, the well, National Academy of you, Medicine look, I'm report, not an expert in this. I'm the author to... said you misrepresented. You're not an expert, but you're supposed to do your job. No, no, no. You're supposed I'm, to my, learn about my these job, Did you no, read my on. article wait, wait, wait a where second. I debunked wait, all wait, of this? Wait, may I ask you one question? Let me end up one question. Is it, this is my real concern is schizophrenia because I think it's such a terrible disease and we can't cure it. And a lot of people die from it. It's horrible, as you know. Is it untrue? Do you think that marijuana use looks like it could increase the rate of schizophrenia? Is that a fake statistic? It's a sincere question to you. We've had societies where the rates of cannabis use has gone way up and the rates of schizophrenia have not gone up at all. So to me, that would put a lot of cold water on your idea. In some way, you're trying not to be a professional punching bag. You're trying not to be there for him to play this psychodrama out. But the thing is, the arguments about weed are so fucking easy to win. Yeah, especially now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's never been an easier time. I mean, look, there is bipartisan support for it. That's the thing you would say to Tucker Carlson. And you know what? He may have even changed his tune on this. He kind of remains an outlier even among scoundrels. He's now, his big argument now that he has evolved is weed is the reason 
why people are becoming mass shooters. Uh, despite he's really, that's literally one of the things he's spouting right now. One hundred percent. That was a, a link that he is constantly going to as a way to cut off debate on actual measures that could make us like every other country on Earth where this does not regularly happen. Oh, my God. That is nuts. It, that's extremely disturbing. I can't believe that people are watching primetime television that's even, you know, imagining this type of fucking theory. That's sick. Looking at the comments on that YouTube post from Fox News, you will see a lot of people who say, God, Tucker, I watch your show every night and you're fucking dead wrong and, and you're making an asshole out of yourself. And, and ultimately, uh, you know, perhaps that can be the beginning of a of a wider awakening for some people. But it, I certainly took some uh, joy in seeing comments like that. And, you know, I think ultimately... We don't really have to take these arguments seriously. We know that this is just an extension of propaganda going back a 100 years about axe-wielding, cannabis-crazed killers. We know there's embedded racism in all of these arguments, whether race is mentioned or not. Uh, but we do have to take seriously that, like, this guy, Alex Berenson, is addressing the Senate, that people are still taking this view of cannabis seriously. And, you know, one other thing we know is that there is no such thing as settled law in this country. So if you're thinking, well, I live in a state where it's legal, this isn't going to affect me. There's a percentage of this right-wing movement out there that does not care what the law is or was. They have a vision for the future. It is authoritarian, and it is not involving your right to grow and consume and share this plant. Yeah, seriously. And also, uh, you know, to either party, like, we're around for stuff like this. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like you can hit us up, man. We'll come through. We'll go to Congress. It's it's cool. You know, we know we were somewhere on that list. You know, we we're on the top hundred somewhere. Come on, you know. So next time you need somebody to come and break it down, you know, and you're like, you know, let's do it on a Friday. You know, like let's make it like a chill testifying to Congress kind of thing. You know, and we'll we'll come through, man. We'll make it a live show, bro. Yeah, please go to greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. You can check out about the Patreon, but you can also, we officiate weddings. Uh, yeah. We do uh, negotiated uh, labor disputes. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we'll do it all. Motivational speaking. Demotivational speaking. Yeah. <laughs> if you just need to chill out a little bit. We'll just you get you high. Some, bring somebody relax. down a couple minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and... Testimony before Senate subcommittees. Sorry, we don't do the House of Representatives anymore. It's a little beneath our uh, stature at this point, but Senator better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're around for this shit. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Moments in Weed. Once again, a reminder that if you are in Portland or anywhere near Portland, come through to Helium Comedy Club. September 10th at 4.20 p.m. That's a Saturday. We're going to be doing a live episode of Great Moments in Weed History. You can get tickets at the link in the show notes. But please come through. We would love to see you. Let's make it a real fucking weed party in Portland September 10th. 
All right, I'll smoke to that, and I'll uh, see you next weed on Weedness Day for another episode. Waha! Well, that's the show, folks. Thanks so much for listening, and if you stuck around this long, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can put five on it at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com, and that would really help us as we research, write, edit, and publish a new episode every Weedness Day. Great Moments in Weed History is written, produced, and performed by me, David Beanenstock, a.k.a. Bean. Special thanks to our sponsor, PAX. Go to PAX.com and use promo code GREATMOMENTS, all one word, for a big discount at checkout.